Hi, and welcome to the Strad Podcast. I'm Davina Shum, I'm a cellist, and I'm the online editor at Strad. Violinist Pavel Berman is in the rather unique and fortuitous position of having the opportunity to play on the 1702 David Oistreich Stradivari violin. Not only that, but he's recorded the Shostakovich Violin Sonata recently with pianist Maria Mirovich, a work that was written for Oistreich himself. What's it like coming face-to-face with the legacy of Oistreich, both in the music on your stand and the fiddle in your hand? Pavel spoke to me about playing this special instrument, how it compares to other strads and guaneries he's played before, and how the sound of the violin lends itself to Shostakovich. Here's Pavel. Pavel, welcome to the Strad Podcast. Thank you, my pleasure. We're here to talk about quite an interesting and unique situation that you're in. So you currently play the 1702 David Oistreich Stradivari violin. Right. What's great about that is not only are you playing this violin, but you've also got an upcoming release of the Shostakovich Violin Sonata on Orchid Classics yes, coming out. Right. And that piece was dedicated to Oistreich himself. First of all, you know, how long have you played this violin and how did you acquire it? This instrument has been lent to me by the Pro Canale Foundation of Milan. And um, it's been, I think, 12 years by now. So I must say, since we're talking about the instruments uh, belonging to great artists and playing pieces dedicated to them, that before this instrument, I used to play another Strad, which is Maréchal Berthier, uh, again from the same foundation, which used to belong to uh, Ferenc von Vexe, to whom Sibelius' concerto was dedicated. <laughs> so oh, wow. that, that was the um, interesting point. And did you play the Sibelius concerto on that instrument as well? <laughs> of course, of course, of course. I didn't record it, but I performed it, yeah. Of course, uh, I remember the moment of the first time when I got in my hand the Oistrak violin. So it was a sort of almost religious feeling towards that. And, uh, you know, playing some notes and imagining him and his sound and, and the instrument which responded in a certain way. But... You know, as we all know, people get used to good things. <laughs> so this, <laughs> in a while, you know, with some years, of course, sometimes this thought pumps up. But it is instrument which is a really piece of art, which has incredible flexibility and all the various possibilities mm-hmm. which are evolving from, from, from it. So you think, first of all, about that, because I think that great instruments like this one, they teach you many things, which maybe otherwise you wouldn't be able to discover. Then you could bring it on to, so to speak, normal violin. But without playing on such an instrument, you probably wouldn't know Mm. about those things. It sort of stretches you as a player and then it extends your yeah, because, capabilities. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Because it suggests you some things and you discover the possibility of what you can actually do with the instrument. So it's unparalleled feeling, I must say. Then also this um, instrument is quite unique in the way it's built because it's one piece, the back, but it's also one piece. the, the And the front as well. Front. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. So it, it's very rare. 
So, but uh, it's one of those instruments and it's 1702. So it's the beginning of the golden period, but I think it still bears some of his research. So it's not the final result. It's, it's I think it's a lot yeah. of daring. Like starting to push the boundaries and but sort of work in progress as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And searching for some other possibilities. It's powerful, but it's very uh, subtle as well. So I'm I feel myself really, really lucky to to be able to play on this instrument. Have you always found it easy to play on? Because I know I've spoken to many guests in the past who have found themselves using a Stradivari, have the good fortune to play a fine instrument. But initially, the struggle, the conversation, the dance can be quite difficult. So, you know, in your experience, when you came across the violin 12 years ago, how was it for you? Well, I must say it went quite easy for me. Mm -hmm. It was more difficult before when I started to play the Berthier Stradivari. And I did have to really understand it and get used to it. I wouldn't want to say that since I played one strat, then another one would be easy. No, because it's a completely different instrument. Berthier is from 1716, so it's like the middle of the golden period, and it's quite different. But this instrument it just somehow responded to me. Yeah. I played before Guarneri's instrument, the X Mons from Nippon Music Foundation. So, and that that was quite different, also. But you know, if we want to talk about Stradivarius and Guarneri's, and and the feeling, I think in some way, many people say that Guarneri's is more expressive and more easy to to play. I think maybe it's because of Strad is more equal. Mm-hmm. It's balanced to the perfection. So it's just like it's telling you, it's saying, well, I'm perfect, so it's up to you. (laughs) You're going to do with it. And uh, Guarneri's, uh, if you carefully listen to, well, at least instruments which I came across, uh, Guarneri's, if you carefully listen to every note, every half tone, semitone, they sound a little different. Mm -hmm. And it gives a natural expression of the instrument itself so it, it somehow it, it makes you turn on the phrase in a certain way without yourself even noticing but it sort of pushes you to do something yeah and strad remains like uh, you know this olympus perfection and then just it's up to you you know if you, you can get expression out of it then lucky you like a canvas or a vessel yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so you know, speaking of, of that, and obviously you've you've spoken a little bit about the almost religious experience, the kind of legacy of David Oistrakh behind this instrument, you know, how do you feel the instrument lends itself well to the Shostakovich sonata? Because obviously he would have played that piece on this instrument, you know. Do you feel like you're sort of channeling him in a well, sense? Well, I must say I'm not sure that he did play it on this instrument because he uh, owned this instrument before it was this end of 50s and first half of the 60s Mm. but the other instrument he played after it's quite similar i mean this instrument somehow bears this quality of sound which oyster liked and i can imagine pretty much his sound on this instrument for this sonata 
in a way, of course, this very agile sound and, and, and capacity of the instrument helps. But also just the quality itself, it can be very singing and very, you know, beautifully bel canto mm. sound. But at the same time, uh, at certain moments, it gets sort of this heavy breathing sound yeah. and not so clear, so much linked to Shostakovich. Shostakovich expression, it's always through some difficulties, through some pain. Mm. It's never just direct. And when it sounds like direct, then it's very sarcastic and it, it goes looking from some other perspective on it. Yeah. So it's never, never direct happiness or the direct festive mood or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's always bitter inside yeah. somehow. I mean, oyster sound on every instrument, with all its beauty, to me, brings something bitter, something heartbreaking. It has to do with with instrument, but it has to do with him, the life he lived. There's some struggles at times. The times they were living in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think this instrument and this type of Strad instrument suits this type of music very much. Because it's not yet this completely sublime, like late struts, which could sound even impersonal, you know, sometimes, because it's just like uh, this God's voice. A little bit too perfect. Know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And this, this instrument is very, very human. Hmm. I love it for this, and I think that Oyster, the instruments he played, they all bear this quality that, that that's I think what he was what was suitable for him, what he was searching for. That's what I think, because we will never know. But what we can hear. That makes sense. I mean, you think about Shostakovich's commentary on humanity throughout his pieces and as you mentioned, his violin is very human. Humans and all their imperfections and that's that's the kind of instrument that you need for a piece like this, not something that is too perfect. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, it's a very good combination. Well, all together, since we're talking about this release, the CD, it, it, it is very special for me because it somehow combines different aspects of my life and where I am from and where am I now and who I am. And uh, all that somehow unites in this CD. Uh, including the cover, which has the Chagall's stained glass. Oh, yeah. From, uh, yeah, from Tarrytown, New York, it, uh, representing the Prophet Jeremiah. It's of incredible power and incredible beauty, and I think it also somehow uh, represents the music which uh, is on this CD. Mm. And that's what an album is. It's a culmination of so many avenues of artwork. Yeah, absolutely. So the the album called Passacaglia, well, the name came out because of the last movements of every sonata written in the form of Passacaglia. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it links them somehow. For me, the Passacaglia itself, this inevitability, somehow, the moving, something... uh, you cannot resist yeah? so something with those and rolls on its own somehow. Yeah, life goes in one direction. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much. Thank you very much. It was a great pleasure talking to yeah, you. Yeah, thanks for sharing your thoughts on your violin and also how it's reflected in the works that you're recording currently. That was Pavel Berman. Pavel's new album with pianist Maria Mirovich is called Pascalia, and as well as the Shostakovich Sonata, it features the Violin Sonata in B minor by Respighi. And it's out on Orchid Classics on the 6th of October. And don't forget to check out thestrad.com where you'll find the latest news, articles and reviews on all things to do with string playing. If you like what you see and hear, register and subscribe to access exclusive archival content from 2010 onward. There's 50% off an online subscription for students. If you're not sure you're ready to subscribe, take out a free trial for seven days. Start reading right away with no strings attached. And if you happen to be on Apple Podcasts right now, give us a little review or rating. It will help other people discover this podcast. Thanks for listening and tune in again soon for another episode. Take good care. Bye.